from Rixie, this is Frameform, a show about movies, moving, and everything in between. I'm Hannah Weber. I'm Jen Ray. And I'm Claire Schweitzer. Hey friends, Hannah here. This week, we are presenting an interview with Maxim Beauchamp and Kento Guinness of AMA Films. We talk about their genesis of collaboration, AMA's body of film work, and their creative and practical approaches to creating the great things they do. We focus on their films, Iridescence, Grey, and Small Fish, all of which have screened internationally at festivals and use dance as a language and narrative instead of flash and entertainment. This interview was recorded in August 2019 at the Cascadia Dance and Cinema Festival in Vancouver in association with Screen Dance Forum. This interview was conducted by me, Hannah Weber, and Jen Ray, Dance Cinema Festival founder and producer. Enjoy! My name is Maxim Bosha. I'm originally from Eastern Canada in Ottawa, Ontario, and I came here to study film about three, four years ago, and now I'm a filmmaker based here in Vancouver. Nice. Yeah, and I'm Kent Donguines. I'm a Filipino based in Vancouver now, moved to Ottawa as well. And Cascadia has history with Kent and Maxim because they've screened multiple years at not only our Canadian, but our U.S. festival. Um, we're really excited to have them. They're doing really exciting things in both dance and film. And I'm really amped to talk about the projects they have coming up, but also the body of work and their evolution as a company. So at Cascadia 2017, I was thrilled to see multiple submissions come in from AMA Films. That's how you say it, right? Yeah. Okay, good. You got it perfect. Perfect. So last year in 2018, I was so amped to see that a new uh, indie production house that was focusing on dance and film based in Vancouver had submitted a number of projects. Um, We chose to screen Iridescence in Vancouver. And we'll hear more about that from their perspective, but it was really impactful in our audience. Uh, It definitely was a film that stuck with them. And there was an extra amount of local pride because it was made right here in Vancouver. Um, We also screened a film, Grey, that uh, Maxim choreographed and um, AMA Films produced, directed by S.J. Van Breda. And we screened that in D.C. And again, uh, excellent audience reception. They've really got something going on here. A lot of style, a lot of expressive camera movement, uh, very detailed editing, um, and just a lot of experimental approach to film going on. You know, they really don't play it safe and do a a typical concept video. I really appreciate how they're exploring dance as a narrative and what you can do without words um, in cinema. So we're very excited to have them and learn more about how they do that and how their brains work. Well, I'm really curious. How did you two meet? How did you cross paths? Uh, well, we met in film school, which was now... Th- yeah, but we started in 2015. No. No, we started in 2016. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Time we, Yeah, exactly. So it's about three years ago. Uh, so we went only in film school, but we're actually both from Ottawa. Okay. But yeah. we never knew each other before. I'm from more east, which is like 45 minutes from there. Okay. And he's from the city. And yeah, that's where we pretty much met. And then our groups kind of like came together because for the first part of the year, you don't get to choose who you work with. Yeah. And then, but then it through fate, you know, our paths came across. And then by mid school year, then you pitch your final films and then you build your own team. So that's how we teamed up together. And then we just, you know, yeah, exactly. We just stayed together. And this was Vancouver Film School, correct? Yes. So how was that, you know, because I didn't go to film school for production. I studied film studies at UBC. And I know that my 
perspective on things was, wow, dance is not part of the vocabulary here. I really had to carve out a niche. I wonder if you had similar struggles or if people were excited or confused or not interested or very interested. How was it when you decided or found your way into doing more dance and movement-based narrative and experimental structure versus a straightforward film as we know it? Yeah, it was, it was really, it was really interesting. And you have to do a lot of explaining (laughs) because yeah, because people are, have not seen it before. It's been done before. Like there is films with dance. It's just that, like you say, they're not put out in the general public. So people have not seen it before. Mm -hmm. So then you have to explain a lot your process so that you can get people on board. When I was writing Iridescence, there was a lot of back and forth because with dance, you because you can't use words, there is a lot of explaining that is metaphors or it's more of like a imagery. So when I was writing Iridescence, there was a lot of questions like, well, is it real? Is it not real? Mm-hmm. Is it like, why dance? Why? Uh, so you just, I just had to keep explaining, but also take the feedback because they are giving me feedback story-wise. Yeah. It's just my job to translate it to dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's you really have to communicate a lot. And isn't Iridescence, the original edit that we saw was about nine minutes. Aren't you developing it into a longer project? We are. We are. We Iridescence has been pitched as a short for Vancouver Film School, and it was a really big platform for us to launching our careers after film school. It went to over 70 festivals. I wow. was still going. Still going. Wow. It was in pre-selection for the, for Canadian, the Canadian Academy. Academy. Yeah. So yeah. for for me personally as a filmmaker, it's a very uh, personal story. And I think that it can be carried in a longer format. And we, through this festival run, we've seen that there is a public for it. Mm -hmm. So yes, we are writing a feature film for Iridescence. And um, it's slowly being pitched and developed right now. And hopefully it'll come to fruition in the next year or two. I have goosebumps. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And at the end of the year, we're still... End of the year. Yeah, end of the year until mid-2020. We're still in the film festival run. We yeah. got picked up uh, by two distributors, awesome. the Winnipeg Film Group and the Canadian Film Distribution Center. Filmmakers Distribution Center is based in Toronto. So they put up like this whole like year of like festival proposal for us. Mm-hmm. Just focus on just LGBTQ driven and like mm-hmm. focused film festivals. And I think they also, yeah, we also had like dance and experimental like film festivals on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. So, so for those who don't know about Iridescence, can you give us your, I don't know, your summary, your plot line of what it is? Yeah, so Iridescence is the story of a young teenager that lives with his father who tattoos words on his body of what he mustn't be as an heterosexual man. Mm-hmm. So it's a story told through dance of the, rela- the father and son relationship and how um, society kind of has to put label on someone to understand what they are or who they are. But sometimes as a teenager, where you're just trying to figure out who you are, putting labels on you is just making things more confusing. Yeah. Do you have any personal relationship with this film and making the script? Yeah. Because it's such a heavy topic. It is. And especially because he's tattooing words on the body. You know, that's something... I mean, in the film, of course, it's not permanent. It's a movie. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. but the idea there, it it's identity, yeah. you know? And it's visual identity of putting these words. 
visually on the body. Yeah, I think that the story is not based on true events, but it's based like on true emotions. <laughs> so I know when I grew up, I came up in a very small town. And when I was coming out as a gay man, mm -hmm. it was very hard for me to find my own identity because it seemed like everybody had a perception of who I was before I could even make a perception of who I was. Mm -hmm. So then you're trying to become all these kinds of people to please the people around you. And you're finding it really hard to be yourself. Yeah. So that's why I thought it would be really interesting to play with the story of somebody literally you know, putting the words on somebody's body mm -hmm. and being a tattoo, it's permanent and you have to live with it. So how do you live with all these opinions coming in your head and still find your own person and identity through that? Yeah, very strong. I remember just seeing it and it hurt me, you know, yeah. seeing the emotions and seeing the tattoo gun and even just the physical force that is done and executed in this film. It's like, it's very emotional. And with that said, all your shots and all the movement and also the lighting design, super emotional. And I want you to, to expand on that. Let's just start with the lighting because that is such a visual component yeah. that plays along with the story. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I'm happy it translated and that you feel this way. It's really nice to hear the different perspectives because with dance, you have so many different perspectives. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so in terms of like the elements that came together, so lighting is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. Lighting was done by a director of photography, Kang Park, who is a local filmmaker here in Vancouver. She's originally from Korea. Yeah. Um, really amazing filmmaker. And I gave her the emotion and then she translated mm -hmm. that emotion yeah. through lights. So Beautiful. yeah, like, and like you, um, with dance cinema, the thing is that is since you're not, we're using dance and movement and we're not using words, then we need to use all the elements that we have to create the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So dance is only one thing, you know, it's like we're telling the story through this movement, but then we needed to use lighting to tell the audience, is this a real moment? Is this a surreal moment? You know, mm -hmm. is this happening for real? Is that in his mind? So we used lighting to do that. Mm -hmm. So there are scenes that are lit more traditionally to show people that this is real time. This is yeah. real relationships and scenes that are more stylized, like a hallway scene where Turn we use projections yeah. Yeah. or we use strobes in the living room scene. And that's to show that, okay, now this is now a metaphor and it's happening in his mind. And um, even if the story continues in a linear way. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What about set design? Because you guys also have, it's a mix of like simple, but also extravagant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think set it plays design. very well. Yeah. Thank so, you. Set design. We, we had this massive meeting in the room. Yeah. Because we originally, we planned like to have like a, an almost like a human aquarium. Yeah. In, in, in a studio. Yet. Yeah. Like we wanted to do it that way, but the, of course, like VFS rules and like restrictions, like we can't do it. <laughs> and they said, like, we've planned everything, like water vacuum and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, we sat down like one time in a meeting with everyone, like the lead creatives of like different departments. And like, we started looking into like installation art. Mm -hmm. And that's like the whole co uh, concept of the cube was yes. conceptualized inside the, the black box studio mm -hmm. yeah and then after that like our production designer Myra Ometo 
um, just incorporated the same materials that we use in the studio and even like inside the house. Mm -hmm. So like when we saw the dad like in the kitchen and like how there's strings everywhere to represent entrapment mm -hmm. and how the projector was also like like a digital version of the strings. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like we really worked like from PD to like lighting like together just to make it look that beautiful. Your film does really have like a texture to it. And I don't think that's something you always get. And it's interesting how, you know, I didn't make that connection until you just said it, that the the lighting and the strings do complement each other. Mm -hmm. And it is really like a cohesive, you can just tell it's not, oh, we have a lighting designer, we have a choreographer, we have a cinematographer, and they're going to make some sort of thing. It really is integrated so nicely, which is why it's effective. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations on that, because it's not easy to do. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And for when we're looking at like the artistry for the feature, we really want to carry that those ideas in it. But um, we also the the short was very stylized and experimental yeah. for the feature. We kind of want to bring it keep it a little bit stylized, but we want to bring it back also to the real emotions and the core emotions and just stretch those out a little mm -hmm. bit more. Yeah, we're going to bring those elements, the stylized elements from the short into the feature, but we're also going to really prolong those real strong moments and yeah. relationships. So I'm also a big fan of your film, Small Fish, which is about 13 minutes. And that's, you know, another four minutes, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. And you accomplish a whole lot more, a lot more scenes, a lot more, um, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily more character development, but, you know, there there's just even more ingredients there. So could you maybe tell us a bit about Small Fish and how that's structured or maybe the kind of success you've seen with that film? Because something I do really appreciate that you do aside from an artistic standpoint is how AMA Films runs as a business. And you have really taken it and made it your business to make your films happen. And I really respect that. So Small Fish was made under uh, the Crazy Eights Film Society. It's a uh, film competition based in Vancouver where we have to make a film, a short film in eight days. So Small Fish, with all the complicated stuff in it, was shot for three days and it was edited for five days with full editing. So like, like full like arrangement, the music, the color correction, wow. so like everything was like yeah. done in five days. And then we go to the Center of Performing Arts and we screen in front of like 13, 1400 people in one night. Yeah. And after that, we have the freedom to of course do our film festival around. But Small Fish was, Actually, not the original concept that we were thinking of pitching no. for the competition. <laughs> so, but, so my my story as an artist is that we did Iridescence as a student film. Then coming out of film school as a director, I was trying to figure out, it, it, it's very tricky. I was trying to figure out, you know, what people want from me or should I just be myself or what should I put out there? Because let's be honest, dance projects is not something that everybody knows and will accept because they don't fully know it. Mm -hmm. um, so when I came out of film school, I started working towards more narrative projects. So I worked on another script and that script we sent out to some of our, you know, people that, creative you know, minds. creative minds, directors that we respect and we wanted their opinions. And the script failed, like failed hard, oh, no. like, which, which is totally, it's part of the process, yeah. you know? And then it just made me think, you know what, Max, you got to go do something that you know, and something that you like. And I took that feeling that I felt inside of me of failing really hard and I wrote Small Fish. 
So small fish is pretty much the story of a mm. well, in a way, yes, but it's a story of a woman that you know is used to being a big fish in a small pond mm -hmm. and now that she becomes this small fish in this bigger pond filled with opinions all around her she doesn't know how to react to it mm. so she starts trying to adapt her work but that just pulls her into this dark path so she realizes that you know what she's just got to be herself and keep going and keep trekking I think you're a great fish. <laughs> Thank you. You're the perfect size fish for whatever pond. Yeah. And you're a great fish. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how small fish came about. So when we pitched this to Crazy Eight, it was their first um, dance film that they were having, yeah. which is really, I, it's a privilege to have done that. Um, yeah, with no dialogue and everything. So we, we learned a lot from the student film. And I brought all these learnings into this film. So I'm glad that you see that there was improvement because, you know, we, we've done a lot of stuff here and I'm like, no, you know what? This will be better for the story. And then we got the chance to do that with small fish. And I think we had a really great product in the end. You sure did. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun one. It was really one thing that I experienced is that during the screening, we were with six other films that were done for crazy eights mm -hmm. and we were screening fifth. So the entire time I was watching the other films, I'm like, oh my God, we don't belong here. Oh, yeah. like, what are Imposter we with our little frozen or just like that? Oh my God, they're so good. These are great <laughs> professionals that are working on films. And I'm like, oh my God, we have our dance film here. Will people understand? And then I was stressed the entire time. And then by the time the our film came about, um, and then after it played, like the reception was so great. Yeah. People, we talked to them after they had great reactions to it. I mean, they might be just be polite because we just screamed, <laughs> but no matter what, I still took it in as positive things. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad that people felt like it was different mm -hmm. and that we brought something new to the table. So in the end, really proud of what we accomplished. That's awesome. And like Vancouver alone is also like a dance oriented city. Yes. Yeah. And like half of the people who who are dancers are also actors. Yes. So like when we screened Small Fish on the gala, like a lot of people like came to us like saying, hey, like I'm an actor, but I'm actually also a dancer. That's why I really appreciated your film. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that people just need to embrace even more in yes. the city. Yeah. yeah, and they need to embrace that sometimes you don't need dancers to include movement. Mm -hmm. yes. Like yeah. when we did Iridescence, uh, the father had a gymnastics background, but never had a dance background. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you get so much because then you just work through emotions. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah not through technique. Uh -huh. So then you just get something so organic. So you yeah. don't need dancers if you want to add movement. It's better to have a actor that can move than yeah. a dancer that can't act. Mm -hmm. very which true. is unfortunately yeah, very sometimes the, the case is dancers focus so much on their facility and their technique and their dance movement and they can't act, yeah. which isn't going to translate to screen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. true. And then we were saying earlier, Small Fish is 13 minutes. So what made you want to go a little bit longer? And then as you're going in future projects, even longer. Yeah. So what is... The challenge there for you guys. To be fair, Small Fish is long because the, the credits alone was very long. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's really 
five minutes. Yeah. And then, like the rest is credit. Like, it's like uh, around eleven minutes. That's with pretty long. Two yeah. yeah. Credit. Yeah. Oh, that changes everything. We're completely changing the question now. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No, yeah. but yeah, honestly, going on a longer format is just because what once again when you're not using dialogue you kind of need more elements to make the story come together mm -hmm. so with dance you can use one movement to say the story mm -hmm. but if you really want to get deep in it i feel like you got to spend time looking at the artist move within the space yeah and to do that then you just got you know the film just starts getting longer and longer and, yeah. and then you're like oh i have a feature film okay yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's why mm -hmm. Small Fish is a little longer. And we cut a lot. Yeah. It could have been like 20 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I, I also think like script to screen is also, it's one of the rules that gets like broken every time you do a dance film. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like we would write like a an eight page script when, yeah. in, in narrative and like a mainstream film. Like it's like one, one page is equal to one minute. Mm -hmm. But in a dance film format, like Max could write an eight page, an eight page script and it could be like 20 minutes mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah yeah because when i write he elongates his arm that is one sentence but it could be 15 seconds right on film you yeah. know yeah yeah it's an interesting comparison right yes there. Mm -hmm. yes very interesting yeah. do you mind sharing more about your process script to screen or maybe how you direct you know in process yes definitely so i'm not a writer and i've never been trained as a writer but as a director, I feel like the easiest way to communicate the vision is to write a first draft. Mm. So I always write my first few drafts myself. Uh, and then hopefully I work with a story editor to get the story to where it needs to be. With Iridescence and Small Fish, I just took the draft all the way to the final thing and then I just wrote it, you know, because we had such short time frames. Mm -hmm. But um, because I haven't been trained as a writer, Writing dance has been really tricky because dance is very visual. I see it. I can feel it. But how do I put it in words? <laughs> yeah. You know, and also French is my first language. English is my second language. So oftentimes, like my sentences will just repeat themselves. Mm -hmm. So for me to really translate from script to the team, I really need to have personal meetings with the DP and the PD and the actors to really show them the vision mm -hmm. because unfortunately I don't have the tools yet to say that vision within a script. Yeah. And can we just say like, that is huge. A lot of people are not bilingual. So the fact that you are able to be bilingual, live in a different city, work there, communicate with people, it's not easy. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. some people that will never be able to do that in their life. So, you know, that's, that's worth acknowledging. Thank you. Thank you. So doing like the script to it, you have to communicate a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of speaking because also the keys don't know how dance work, how mm -hmm. to shoot dance. So mm -hmm. my job as a director is to put things in perspective with them. Yes. So like, how can I explain to somebody who's never seen dance or how to shoot dance? How can I explain to them the emotions I want to carry through? So then it's just to put it in a situation that they might have seen before. Yeah. You know, a lot of references, a mm -hmm. lot of uh, past films. Okay, so since you're directing um, and because you're such a, I don't know, you could say movement, emotional yeah. movement. <coughs> are you working with a choreographer or are you the choreographer or are you collaborating with your dancers? How is that process evolving and creating? I 
oftentimes we'll work with a choreographer, okay. especially on bigger projects. On small projects, like for example, we've shot a short dance fashion film last uh, two weekends ago with Cassandra No. And um, for that, it was a very small project, which was more freestyle. So we just worked with Cassandra and the movement. Mm -hmm. But on bigger projects, I make it a point to work with choreographers. As director of a film, there is so many elements you have to control. That choreographing yourself is really hard. And... Also, my background in dance, I come from the hip hop world, okay. but I've also been trained in a very small town. Mm-hmm. So we never had a lot of technical training or like grooving training. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a choreographer brings in a lot of those elements. You know, mm-hmm. they have a lifetime of training, Yeah. you know, and um, different choreographers will bring in different styles as well. Mm-hmm. So matching their style with the vision and the emotion just creates a more elevated project than just me being one person dictating a lot of different elements, then it's it's not as layered as working with different people. Yeah. That's very mature of you to, to understand that you have a lot to contribute, but you can elevate the project if you maximize other people's talents. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's Pun because, not intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, people are experts in their fields. Mm-hmm. Like as a director, I do not uh, t- say that I'm a specialist in lighting or in art or in dance or anything. Like I, I, I don't know where I heard this before, but it's a very famous quote. It's like a good director just makes good choices. Yeah. You know, we're just like... Uh, we just curate choices to make one vision happen. Yeah. But we have to work with experts like choreographers yeah. Yeah. to really make that happen. And at the same time, it encourages new voices, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great. That's a fabulous thing. And I, I myself as a filmmaker, or I'm my day job and my bread and butter is video editing. Yeah. I always think like, you know, when we're making these works, we're a team and everyone has their own expertise yeah. and we're all in it because we're making one giant thing that's an amazing thing. Yeah. And I think that's very important. I'm glad that you value that and respect other people for that. Because that's, that's what filmmaking is. It is. It's and not a one person thing. No, yeah. no. No. We're all in it together. Yeah. And that's what makes something successful for everyone, including the audiences. Exactly. The audiences are there to support you as well. Yeah, that's why I always find it tricky when I see, I was saying that to Kent yesterday, when I see like a poster that says like a film by, and it says like one filmmaker, it's like, it's not a one person film. Like so many opinions came into that. Mm -hmm. It comes from one vision, which I totally understand, Mm -hmm. but so many people come in to Mm -hmm. elevate that vision. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the longevity of that kind of selfishness as well? Yeah. Because, (laughs) you know, do you think people want to keep going unacknowledged? Probably not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think something you do really well is engage the community, whether it's you're bringing collaborators or, you know, with crazy eights, you do a really good job being engaged with the Vancouver dance and film community. Mm -hmm. Neither of you are from here, though. So no, do you no. want to share about why you chose a Vancouver out of everywhere in Canada? I was supposed to move to Toronto, actually. I mm. When I was deciding like to go to film school, because I already finished university in the Philippines. I When I moved to Ottawa, it was, it was either Toronto Film School, Vancouver Film School, and UCLA. And like Vancouver Film School like offered a scholarship. And I'm like, 
oh, maybe this is a good place because I'm going to save <laughs> money. And then I, I did VFS and like the, the independent community like in Vancouver is just so strong. Like no matter how green you are, like new in the industry, but they know that you have the potential, like they will actually absorb you and then mentor you like with like more experienced people and like help you along the way. And I think that's what I valued the most because I did have, after school, I did start thinking about like, oh, should I move to another city? And like, should I work like with my mom in like Hong Kong? Or like, should we look at opportunities in LA? Because LA is the dream. No. <laughs> Till you get there. Till you get there, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like because of the warmth of the people in Vancouver, I think that's what that's what made me stay. And yeah, like starting starting the company like with Max was... And so far, we've been getting projects, which is great. Yeah, I think that's like one of the main reasons. Yeah, what brought me yeah. to Vancouver is a similar reason as well. I was looking to go into film school and then I saw Vancouver Film School. And I'm like, that looks great. Let's do it. <laughs> nice. Let's go. And then I came here for that. And then I discovered um, the dance community here. I started taking classes at Harbor just here and there. And then when I started doing a dance film, I discovered choreographers and other dancers. And I'm like, wait, whoa, there's a, there is a community here. It's mm -hmm. big. There's a lot of opportunities. So yeah, so then I stayed for all of these opportunities. I think I'm realizing now that Vancouver is a lot of a service city, city. for mm -hmm. films, which gives a lot of work to dancers to work on commercial films and commercials and all of that. So it's more tricky, I feel, mm -hmm. for directors to peak uh, here, but there is a lot of opportunity in the indie industry. Mm -hmm. So that is great because as emerging filmmakers, that's how we start to make a name for ourselves before entering the big mm -hmm. guns and the yeah. big world. What has been the benefit or what has been your experience with, I mean, you said you're a screen at 70 festivals so yeah. what's that been like having your film you know the local engagement but also getting it out there in the world yeah iridescent screen everywhere unfortunately we couldn't go to all these festivals mm -hmm. we we try our best in like the nearby ones yeah, yeah. exactly no, of course not like that's you budget for a whole yeah, film exactly. like traveling yeah we honestly we should have went to more i wish we could have went to more i wish we went to like the december one like in uk Yes, yes, because that was a big one. That was a big one. Yeah. And it was like a, a, an award system. Which given, one was it? It's driven by a film critiques. It's called um, the UK Film Review Awards. Oh, awesome. So it's it's an award system run by film critiques in UK. Mm -hmm. And we were nominated for Best LGBTQ Film against Call Me By Your Name and Love, Simon. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then the nominations came out and I'm like, hey, Max, like, look at this. The like, Oscar nominated Call Me By Your Name. Our little indie film. Yeah, and we were like, look amazing. at this. Like, we got nominated. And then Max was like, oh, it's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> and then like a week later, results came out and we won against them. I can't believe I missed that. Congratulations. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And we were just like, what? Yeah. Because yes. I'm such a huge fan of Call Me By Your Name. It's and beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. an incredible so, film. I wanted to, I, I like, actually, I don't buy many DVDs, but I want to own that movie. Yeah. Because it's just so near and dear. And 
Well, it's no iridescence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. And also being in festivals gave us the chance to do other films. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, when we were pitching for Crazy Eight, we were very lucky that Iridescence was screening at the Whistler Mm -hmm. Film Festival. Mm -hmm. So the whole Crazy Eight's judges and administrative team was at Whistler Film Festival. And we were not chosen yet for the top six. We were just top 12. Yeah. Watching Iridescence made them understand what small fish would be. Yes. And that's why I think we got in. Yeah. Because they knew exactly what we could do after that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really awesome. being in all these little festivals really gave us that that push to go to the next level. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's nice. Like, especially if the festival has a market. Mm-hmm. So when you when we pitch for our next projects, like the last thing that we would tell them, I'm like, oh, by the way, we have a film playing in this festival. Yes. Yeah. Like, you should check it out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's when, like, the next time you see that person, hey, I actually watched your film and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, now you know, like, what we can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, give us the money. <laughs> that's really awesome yeah. that you guys have just, like, been sprouting and blooming yes. and just kind of just expanding your branches. Yeah. It's really nice to see that. It's been, it's been, thank you. And it's been a great like we're, we need, we've been hustling a lot. Yes. It's a lot of pitching and no's and trying to follow up. And, mm-hmm. But what's good now is that we feel like we've, we're making bigger and bigger contacts, make bigger and bigger projects. One thing that we are very happy about is that we're starting a really healthy relationship with the Filipino mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. We did a film last year where we were, I mean, films was a service production for a film starring Aga Mulak yeah. and Bea Alonso, yeah. uh, made by Star Cinema. Star Cinema, Viva Entertainment, and Black Cap Pictures. They're also called 1017P. And, yeah. yeah. So doing that service production with uh, gave us the chance to go fly to the Philippines and meet with all these companies. So 1017P was the main producers, and they allowed us to contact Star Cinema and all these big companies mm-hmm. in the Philippines. And now we're pitching dance films to the Philippines. Awesome. Yeah, because cool. they're, so, they're a huge community. Like in the, <coughs> in the dance industry, like me coming out of hip hop, like if you look at the hip hop championships and all of that, Philippines are always in the tops. Yeah. Mm. They're like, a, and then here in Vancouver, like if you, there's a dance crew, there's at least half of it is Filipino. <laughs> like the, it's in their genes. It's, oh, and yeah. it's, they have a high caliber. So we're like, why aren't we doing a dance film with mm-hmm. Filipinos yeah. in the Philippines? When we were pitching, the last one that they've done was only like 20 to 25 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like 1995. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now they just came out with a new one that was a really close reference with Step, Step Up. Up. Yeah. Okay. So we're trying to show them what we can do with storytelling and dance mm-hmm. and not just a film about dance. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Very exciting. Very cool. I think something that can be taken away from what we've talked today is resilience pays off. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if you receive five no's, you got to push six times, yes. you know, and you guys clearly do that. You do hustle. It's clear. And it's, it's not just a, a narcissistic, uh, passion project. You know, you're truly engaged in the community. You're trying to provide a service. You're trying to share stories that have substance and really, um, deal with real issues. Um, so I think that's part of why you, you are seeing such success is you're creating work that really does have a lot to offer for the audience and people that are in different sectors of the community or the industry are, are, 
connecting with different parts of it. So I really appreciate how you're, you're not just thinking, oh, I'm going to stick with my VFS crew and yeah. like, these are mm-hmm. my people. You're actually saying, you know what? We'll be brave. We'll go engage this audience. We'll go engage yeah. these people. And that's actually how you grow, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And I, I just wish that more people took that approach because I think a lot of people value loyalty and community are really important, but you can grow your community. You can expand that. And it's really clear that you're doing that. And it's part of why your work is so diverse as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, so Thank you for that. Well, first, because we are a screen dance focused podcast, I would love to hear from each of you. What is screen dance? What is your definition we'll of screen dance? <laughs> After watching all the films last night, and obviously like when we watch our film together with the other films, like a year, a year ago, um, and I talked to Max about this last night. Like, there's no certain definition of what screen dance is. Mm-hmm. But as an individual, you can define it yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, as a filmmaker, I would define screen dance um, uh, as a film, yes. But at the same time, it's... Um, and you incorporate dance, yes. But I want to see... Like, for me, a screen dance would be like a film that uses dance to move to make the story move forward. Mm-hmm. So what, the, what does that entail? Um, I think if the dance like um, values or like showcases like the setup of the character and then shows us the conflict of the character and then gives us the resolution in the end, I think that's what makes uh, like screen dance more meaningful mm-hmm. like to me. And like one of the films I watched last night that real that really resonated to me was um, the field. This the field. Yeah, the field. Yes, Holly Wilder's film. Yeah, that was Holly my, and Duncan Wilder's yeah, film. That was my favorite film last night because it was a very simple setup. Like yes, it's very experimental, but like you can see like how they established like the the character of the girl, how she was dealing with them as the conflict, mm-hmm. and then how she started cutting that is the resolution of the story so like there's such a linear pattern and i think for audiences who who doesn't appreciate um who does uh, who doesn't appreciate like experimental like styles in film like i think it's easier to understand like if the dance tells that certain narrative Mm -hmm. yeah 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 screen dance is really hard to describe um, it's it's really tricky to think, okay, what falls under a dance film? What falls under a concept video? What falls under something mm-hmm. else? Mm-hmm. First of all, if you could watch it on a stage and then you're just filming that, then it's not exactly taking all the advantages of what a dance film could be. Mm-hmm. A dance film or screen dance for me is somebody that is taking all the elements from a good film, uh, uh, which is the narrative, the story, the characters, the lighting, the art, and is putting all of those together. And then, like Ken said, it's just using dance as like uh, like the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just moving the story forward, you know? But it is still a film because it has all its elements. All that dance is doing is being a vehicle for the message. Mm-hmm. That's what, for me, it is. Do you guys have any wishes of where screen dance would go in the future? Like, where do you want to see the future of screen dance as you guys are developing, you know, new works with Mm -hmm. iridescence becoming a feature length? What do you want in screen dance? I think like 
because I I'm the one who does most of the film festival stuff like the, in our company. Mm-hmm. I think bigger film festivals should start programming dance films mm-hmm. because they know they are like they are a big platform. They know they have the audience. And they know they have the market for it. Yeah. But I think like Sundance, for example, South by Southwest, like they still don't do it. Yeah. I want to shout out Kukaloras Film Festival mm-hmm. because in Wilmington, North Carolina, because yeah. they have a dedicated dance shorts yeah. program. Mm. And that's actually where I screened my first film and mm. where I met my husband. Right. So uh-huh. they have and they also have performances mm-hmm. in Dance Alores that has um, the combination of live performances and film. Mm-hmm. That is one of the only major festivals that offers a specific program mm-hmm. for dance. And I agree with you. It's something that would be great to have even mm-hmm. just one shorts block. Yeah. Like filmmakers are looking to see how do I use expressive camera movement? How do I convey this without words? How do I choreograph my shots and stage mm-hmm. things so that people understand the power dynamics or the emotions, mm-hmm. you know, rhythmic editing, pacing. Mm-hmm. These are all essential film language goals that people are yeah. trying to use regardless if it's a dance film or not. Mm -hmm. So even if they're not going to make a dance film by watching it, they can get an education on that. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with what you're saying. Let's get it into bigger festivals. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Because like we already acknowledge the fact that there are like, like there are film festivals um, that program like dance festival, like dance films, like full on dance films. But like, if we're talking about like inclusivity and diversity right now in the film industry, then that should also apply in terms of genre intake. Yes. So like if you want your lineup to be more diverse and more inclusive than like festivals like Sundance and like, like I, I must say though, like Rain Dance, like one of the biggest festivals in UK, like has a dance, yes. like yeah. dance, like dance short film category. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like bigger festivals, especially Hollywood, like based festivals, like should start embracing that and do the same thing because at the end of the day, the next thing they know, if they don't do it, they're going to run out of audience because people are going to get tired watching the same formula films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So all the, all you festival curators out there, get your ass together. You'll be hearing from us. Show us some dance films. <laughs> For me, I'd love to see it as like, I'd love to see that dance films are not seen as such a different category like there's films and then there's dance films like for example like when i pitched iridescence i didn't pitch it as a dance film it's a drama that uses dance Mm -hmm. you know i just wish we weren't put uh, like oh these are the dancers yeah they do dance films (laughs) they're here no no we do films we do dramas we do comedies it's just that we use dance in our films yes Mm -hmm. you know so like this, you know, I, I would prefer seeing dance just being included in the general public mm-hmm. and not be as exclusive. Yes. Not have it be a niche or a, or a yeah. separate mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Have it integrated. Inter- yeah, yeah, exactly. Just throw it in with everything. You yeah. know, it's a drama that uses dance. You know, and then people tell me, no, no, you have to say dance from what they won't understand. No, <laughs> listen, homie. That's not- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're watching it. They can see. Yeah, exactly. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I praise you guys for saying this inclusivity thing, because for years and why I went into dance film is like, I want everyone to understand that this is something special. Mm-hmm. Dance is like and, and not just dance film, but actually promoting dance yeah. in general. It's a celebration. Everyone can do it. Even if you're disabled, you can still do it. 
and um, we get inspired by it. Yeah. And I wish and I hope to push in my own career, get dance available for everyone mm -hmm. and get excited to even go to a performance, go to a dance film mm -hmm. festival, go to a film festival that has dance film. Yeah. You know, everyone should know about it and celebrate it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine if you did Iridescence as a performance at 70 festivals? It wouldn't have happened. No, it yeah. would never it would have not happened. Have happened. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you made it in a film format, you were actually able to get your film out there that much more and grow what you're doing. Yeah. Well, um, do you guys have any last words that, before we close it out? No, we appreciate the opportunity yeah. to we're, speak about that. We're, we're happy to be here. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. And that's our show. Thank you everyone for listening in. And other than that, follow us on Instagram, Frameform Pod. That's Frameform P O D. And email us at frameformpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Frameform is a production of Rixie. Hosted by me, Hannah Weber, Claire Schweitzer, and Jen Wright. Edited and mixed by myself and Mason Carlton. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>